the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so very much for joining us on AM 1420. The answer at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the 10th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord 2019. It's a busy day today. It's one of those that honestly, I wish I had a full four, five, six, or seven hour show. No joke. Uh, I would not run out of things to talk about. I would certainly not run out of things to say. Uh, and I certainly want to give you plenty of opportunity as well, but we're going to be packed today. Make no mistake about it. Uh, 216-901-0945. Get in while the getting's good. Uh, 888-281-1110. Coming up in less than a half an hour. At 9.35, Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative, ranking member on the uh, House Judiciary Committee, member of the the House Oversight Committee, is going to be joining us to talk about, well, a number of things. The crisis at the border that just continues to get worse. Over 95,000 confirmed apprehensions in the month of March and pacing for over 100,000 in the month of April. This is unsustainable, and you know that's true when Bernie Sanders, socialist Bernie Sanders, breaks from his party and actually declares the truth that we cannot take in the rest of the world's poverty. We just cannot import them. Holy cow, Bernie Sanders agreeing with Bob France. Note, I did not say that Bob France agrees with Bernie Sanders. I don't know that I would ever be able to agree with Bernie Sanders on pretty much anything. So I will take credit for it and say that he has come around and agreed with me and others, by the way, because he is correct. So we're going to talk about that. Also yesterday, of course, Attorney General William Barr spoke before Congress, Congressional Committee. It was not supposed to be about the Mueller report, but of course it uh, quickly became about the Mueller report. And uh, William Barr 
made a couple of very, very interesting announcements. Number one, he said you will get the the uh, uh, version, the public version, read redacted, the public version of the report in a week, as I told you you would, so shut up about it. And then what he said after that is what has really got Democrat hackles uh, 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 raised. He said that he is assembling a team, or already has assembled a team, to investigate the investigators. That's right, to investigate the origins of the Obama administration's FBI counterintelligence investigation of the Trump campaign. In other words, somebody's finally going to look into why it is that the Trump campaign was being spied upon, which is a pretty remarkable thing when you think about it. How was the last attorney general not interested in doing that? You know, again, I, I have a lot of respect for Jeff Sessions in a lot of ways. And I do believe he was given a very, very tough situation to deal with. But my goodness, it's about time somebody is going to be doing this and looking into this. So uh, Bill Barr yesterday making that announcement uh, yesterday as he testified before uh, Congress. He is going to be investigating. So we're going to talk to Jordan about that. Coming up at 10.05, Ryan Morrow will join us. Ryan Morrow, the national security analyst and Middle East expert from the Clarion Project, will join us to talk about the host of uh, activities that have gone on involving the Middle East. This week alone, we have declared the uh, army of a foreign country, the military of a foreign country, to be a foreign terrorist organization for the very first time. Of course, speaking of Iran and their Quds forces. Uh, we're going to talk about what that means uh, with respect to our ongoing and acrimonious relationship with uh, Iran. But then we're also going to talk to Ryan Morrow about Ilhan Omar, and I'll be- revisit that in just a second. Finally, at 10.35 this morning, we're going to talk to Tom Zawistowski, Tom Z, uh, who is the um, uh, one of the co-founders of the uh, National Tea Party Movement. He is the president of the Portage County Tea Party, has been so for 10 years. It's the anniversary. That's right, the anniversary. Remember, the Tea Party was born in 2009. And so 10 years on, what is the Tea Party's future? We're going to talk to Tom Z about that coming up at about 10.35. Now, as promised... Got to go back to Ilhan Omar. Otherwise known in some circles, like the ones that I'm in, uh, because I call her this, Ilhan Sharia. Uh, that's, just, that's just who she is to me. That's who she's going to be to me until she proves to me otherwise, because every statement she makes, every action she takes, everything that she has uh, advocated for indicates a full-on support of Sharia law, and it indicates perhaps even more importantly, an anti-Israeli message, more specifically an anti-Semitic message. Not just Israel, but uh, anti-Semitism seems to seep from her pores. That may be of not great consequence to you or, or great interest to you, perhaps. It should be, because what Ilhan Omar represents outwardly is just a very teeny tiny percentage of what she feels inwardly. And some of that began to seep out at an event last month. This was just revealed yesterday, or at least it was just publicized yesterday. You know what they mean? You know what they, the old adage is about scratching the surface. You know, it's just an old idiom. Uh, it's only scratch. Listening to Ilan Omar's anti Semitism, and quite frankly, her anti Americanism. Uh, is just scratching the surface about what she really is underneath. It was on March 16th, Ilhan Omar, freshman 
congressional representative from the caliphate of Minnesota. Sorry, it's when it's become, at least in certain districts, including the one that sent her to Congress. Ilhan Sharia spoke on March 16th, shortly after the terrible shooting of the mosques, the attack on the mosques in New Zealand. In the course of talking about how she essentially wants Muslims to... Um, how did she face it? Um, rise up? Was that the phrasing? Uh, fight back? Was that the raise, uh, Was that the, uh, the the phrasing? Not exactly, but pretty doggone close. Pretty doggone close. And I'm going to let you hear it in its entirety right now. The first part of what you're about to hear, by the way, is not the most important part. Okay. The most important part comes about 45 seconds in, and I want you to listen to how um, Ilhan Omar, the freshman Muslim representative from Minnesota, the anti-Semite, in my view, the anti-American, the strong supporter of Sharia, she essentially is telling Muslims to rise up and fight back because they have been targeted with scrutiny ever since some people did something. I want you to listen as she trivializes the worst terror attack in the history of the United States. She trivializes 9-11. This is Ilhan Omar, again, March 16th, speaking at a care. Oh, on that part, I'm, I apologize. I should set the table better than I just did. Speaking at a care function in Los Angeles. CARE, the Council on American-Islamic Relations which has been designated as a terror organization by our allies in the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, which should be designated as a terror organization by the United States, which has been declared to be the front group for Hamas operating in, that's a terror group in and of itself, in the United States. So she's speaking at CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations. Again, this is right after the New Zealand shootings, and listen to her call for uh, Muslims to rise and listen to her call or her to her dismissive dismiss excuse me her dismissive description of what happened on 9/11 and we're having a glitch here in the audio at the very worst time I want you to hear this Let me make so this. to me I say raise hell make people uncomfortable <laughs> I'm going to pause there just to reiterate what I said. She's calling for Muslims to rise up, to fight back. Not in those words, but you heard her words, and I don't think they are, I don't think they are very different from that characterization. I think they are synonymous. Raise hell. And by the way, some of them are listening, which is a follow-up story, which I'll give you after you hear the rest of her comments. So to me, I say raise hell. Make people uncomfortable. Because here's the truth. Here's the truth. Far too long we have lived with the discomfort of being a second-class citizen. And frankly, I'm tired of it. And every single Muslim in this country should be tired of it. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose 
access to our civil liberties. I want to make sure you heard that clearly. Some people did something, and all of us started to lose access to our civil liberties. Some people did something. Nineteen radical Islamic extremist terrorists with the backing of radical Islamic extremist leaders in foreign countries, Muslim countries, with financial and training support from Al-Qaeda, a radical terrorist organization, flew four planes into buildings or nosediving into the ground and killed 3,000 innocent people. And she refers to it casually as some people did something and all of a sudden we started to lose our civil liberties. Number one, you have not lost one civil liberty. Number two, some people did something in the name of Allah, in the name of Muhammad, in the name of the Holy Quran, radical Muslims killed 3,000 people, and she's worried about somebody looking at her cross-eyed because somebody did something. Is this really what the Democrat Party has become? The answer is yes. As I noted in a tweet earlier this morning, not only have we designated a foreign terrorist uh, organization in Iran, we also are dealing with a foreign terrorist organization operating in the United States by the name of CARE. And in my view, it would seem to be that we have a foreign terrorist operating in the House Democrats. Her consistent attacks on all things American, her consistent attacks on Jewish people and her anti-Semitism and her anti-Israeli bias, and now her casual dismissal of the 9-11 terror attacks as some people did something, indicates to me that I think we have a foreign terrorist problem in the United States House of Representatives, in the House Democrats. So to me, I say raise hell. Make people uncomfortable. Because here's the truth. Here's the truth. Far too long, we have lived with the discomfort of being a second-class citizen. And frankly, I'm tired of it. And every single Muslim in this country should be tired of it. was founded after 9-11. I should pause that, by the way, just to also point out the fundamental inaccuracy and the lie about CARE being founded after 9-11. CARE's own website identifies its founding in 1994, which, by the way, is shortly after the first attack on the World Trade Centers were carried out or was carried out, which was also, by the way, carried out by Muslim 
terrorists. Because they recognized that some people did something so, and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. This freshman congressional representative from Minnesota places more stock in her religion, in her anti-Semitism, in her support and belief in Sharia than she does in the Constitution. Sharia is incompatible with the Constitution. She is incompatible with the United States House of Representatives and her own casual dismissal of what happened on 9-11-2001 only underscores that. We're going to talk about that with uh, Congressman Jordan. We're going to talk about it with Ryan Morrow, and I will talk about it with you if you are interested. 216-901-0945, coming up on AM 1420 The End. I'm still just astounded at what I heard and what I played for you. Absolutely astounded. Ilhan Omar. So to me, I say raise hell. Make people uncomfortable. Because you're uncomfortable. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. CARE was founded before 9-11 as a foreign terrorist support group for the terrorist organization Hamas right here in the United States. And some people didn't do something. Your people in the name of your god in the name of your prophet in the name of your holy book as they shouted allahu akbar they did something that killed 3000 people why are you in this country why do you want to work in the government of this country if you so deeply and sincerely despise this country ilhan sharia Stephen Collinwood, you're on uh, AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, she uh, said uh, some people did something, but you have to understand that I don't think she's belittling it. you got to look at the audience that she's speaking to. And in the Muslim world, depending on which nation, 70, 80, to 90 percent, if you ask them about 9-11, they'll document it that the Jews did it, or the Americans did it, or it was an inside job. But that's what they believe. That's their mindset. So when she, tell, when she says, oh, somebody did something, she, that's a code word for, that's another discussion if we want to have it, you know. That's but, a really great observation. That's a really but, interesting point there. She didn't want to acknowledge she, that her people did it. You're right. She wants to play off of the conspiracies that uh, Muslims weren't responsible. But I don't think she's even, I'm Jewish, and I don't even think she's an anti-Semite, because she grew up in Sudan, and there's no Jews in Sudan. So she doesn't have any re- way to relate. She's, uh, she's from Somalia, actually. I think she's, I think she's Somalia. Somalia. Right. Yeah. So she didn't grow up, you know, in, around Jewish communities, and there's no Jews there. So she has nothing to, to, to bounce it off of. But it's reflective of the racism that exists in the in the in the Muslim world, in the Muslim thought, not all Muslims are racist, but racism, just like it, there was uh, potential racism in Christianity or in Judaism. That's what, those have all been uh, uh, washed out and exposed or discussed and everything. But 
but that's the whole thing is, is that we're not allowed to have that conversation about the latent racism within the Muslim world. Within the Muslim world. Uh, Steve, 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 I completely concur, and i got to go because i got to make room for Congressman Jordan. You make a very, very interesting point. By the way, her growing up in Somalia and not being around Jews uh, is, is a... Uh, Perhaps a suggestion that she's not anti-Semitic. I don't. I don't buy that part. You don't have to be around Jews to be anti-Semitic. Uh, you have to believe in a faith that hates Judaism. They'll believe in a faith that hates Jews, and that is uh, that is where she comes from. That is her background. Uh, and, and to me, personal experiences. <laughs> If I grew up around Jews, it makes you the opposite of anti-Semitic. It makes you really, really love Jews because they're wonderful people. Uh, Ilan Omar not growing up around them as a reason for not being anti-Semitic, I think, is, uh, is, is backwards thinking. But your first comment, your first point, my friend, was spot on. Very well done, sir. Thank you. Uh, 931, Congressman Jim Jordan joining us next on AM 1420. The All right, it's 935 now. The Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420. The answer, we're going to be connecting with Congressman Jim Jordan coming up here in just a couple of minutes, hopefully sooner rather than later. We're going to talk to him about not only what you heard yesterday, uh, for, or excuse me, what you just heard this morning from Ilan Omar, but also what we heard yesterday from uh, the uh, Congressional Committee hearing with, uh, uh, with Attorney General William Barr. Uh, A.G. Barr made some very important statements. had nothing to do, by the way, with what he was uh, testifying for. He was not there to be testifying about the Mueller report, but that's quickly what it devolved into. Uh, and the attorney general said, you'll get the report when I want to give you the report, <laughs> which is going to be middle of the month, like I told you, about next week. But he also dropped the bombshell on Democrats uh, uh, in that uh, committee hearing when he said, I am reviewing the conduct of the investigation itself. I have put together a team, and we are going to investigate the investigators. That is the bombshell. Uh, joining us now to analyze, indeed, is Congressman Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, uh, Congressman Jordan, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Good to be with you, Bob. Good to have you on, as always. Uh, appreciate you making time in the middle of the week for us, sir. Uh, sure. A lot to unpack here. I really want to get to your thoughts on a number of things. As a matter of fact, since I'm uh, on the issue of Attorney General Barr's testimony yesterday, I want to go ahead and get your reaction to that. Democrats are demanding the full, unredacted report. And as a matter of fact, Jerry Nadler is talking about subpoenaing grand jury testimony, which if I understand the law, and maybe I don't, you can't do. It's illegal. Right. Uh, the Attorney right. General said, we'll give you the public version, which I took to mean redacted version next week, yep. and you're going to have to settle for that. Um, how's this going to end up? Well, Bill Barr is going to follow the law. And let, let me just say, you're, you're exactly right about this. This guy, uh, Attorney General Barr, has handled himself in, in such a professional manner. I've been very impressed with him. Steady, solid, just, just doing a great job. He's going to follow the law, which is what I think most Americans want their attorney general, the attorney general of the United States, to do. He's going to give us the, everything he can. He's going to err on the side of transparency, but he is going to adhere to making sure certain classified information is not made public and making sure that grand jury material is not made public either. And frankly, as I said, that's what we want in an attorney general, one who is going to follow the law versus, I think, what we had from uh, from some of the more recent attorney generals in the Obama administration. 
Yeah, and, and that's a very important point. Let's talk about not only following the law with respect to the release of uh, the full Mueller report, or, or as much of uh, as much of it as he can release publicly. But let's talk about what he is planning to do here. You know, I'll even speak to the to the president's uh, last attorney general, which is Attorney General Sessions. Um, you know, for whatever reason, he did not see the importance, or did not think it was important enough to do what Attorney General Barr is doing, and that is, we have to look at the investigators here. We have to look at the conduct of the Obama FBI, the Obama. DOJ and what led to, you know, this spying yep. on the Trump campaign, the surveillance of the Trump campaign, uh, and whether or not that was legal, if something improper was done there. And I think based on what we have learned through, you know, your work and that of a lot of the other investigative uh, bodies uh, during the last two years, there, there certainly appears to have been a lot that is, uh, uh, you know, that was that was improper that was done then. It's about time somebody yep. looks into this. No, you're exactly right. I thought what he indicated yesterday in, in his testimony was, was so important. And I think what's really important about his statement was the time, the timeline that he gave. He said he wants to go back to the summer of 2016. So he wants to go right back to the start of this all, when the Clinton investigation was winding down, when the crossfire hurricane, as they labeled it in code, code name they gave to it, when that was starting up the Trump-Russia investigation. He wants to go to that. And remember what was going on at that time. That's when Christopher Steele was first starting to give parts of this installments on this dossier to the FBI and to folks at the DOJ. This is when the, the, the whole Papadopoulos thing happened in, in Europe. Uh, so he's going right back to the beginning, and he's going to find out how this whole crazy thing started. That, to me, is, is so important. And, again, just, just raises my, the, 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 the already high respect I had for Bill Barr on the short time I've, I've got a chance to watch it. Makes me makes me think he's uh, even that much better, Congressman. Um, when you uh, when you look at what Attorney General Barr is doing here, he's saying he is att- assembling the team. That's different than appointing a second special counsel. You have called for a second special counsel. You matter. I don't, but I have also called for a second special counsel. Yep. Yep. Um, are you okay with doing it without a separate special counsel? Just an AG DOJ well, team. As long as long as it gets done. As long as it gets done, I understand Senator Graham, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, has said the same thing. He's going to look into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do everything we can. We're in the minority in the House side, but we're going to continue to push uh, to Congressman Meadows, Congressman Gates, Congressman Nunes, myself, and others. We're going to, uh, Congressman Ratcliffe, we're going to continue to push. And we've done. We've got a lot of information that we were able to gather in the last Congress. We're going to make sure that Senator Graham has access to that information that we put together. We'll, we'll be happy to help uh, the Attorney General as well. But, um, look, he's, he's doing, the, doing it the right way. And if he thinks he, he can do it with his team and not a special counsel, I'm okay as long as it gets done. And based on what we've seen from the attorney general, he is committing to getting this done right and restoring confidence, not in the rank and file people out there in the FBI and DOJ. We know those guys are busting their tail doing good work. But at the top levels of the FBI, we need confidence restored. And that's what I think Bill Barr is, is focused on doing. Congressman Jim Jordan joining us on AM 1420. The answer before I pivot to the border, I just have to ask you about something. This audio just kind of came to light yesterday. I'm not saying it was being buried intentionally, but it just kind of uh, made its way to the surface uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. One of your colleagues, one of the freshman co- your freshman colleagues on the other side of the aisle, uh, Ilhan Omar from uh, from Minnesota, spoke at a care event in Los Angeles last month on March 16th, shortly after the New Zealand shootings and the terrible, tragic, and travesty uh, that was the attack on those New Zealand mosques. Um, she talked about uh, the way Muslims in the United States are treated, and she said this. Apologies, I'm having a hard time making this thing work today. I've had a little bit of a glitch. One more time. 
was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. In the course of praising care for being there for Muslims, uh, which, by the way, is inaccurate. It was not founded after 9-11. It was founded in, in 1994. But in the course of defending care, she said so casually of the worst terror attack in the history of this country that took yeah. the lives of 3,000 people that some people did some things. Um, any response to to uh, a colleague who has been routinely anti-Semitic since she arrived on Capitol Hill, has said terrible things about Jews, about Israel, and now is dismissing the attack that Muslim extremists made on the United States? Yeah, it's, 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 that's just ridiculous. Some people did something. I mean, it, 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 terrorists killed 3,000 of our fellow citizens. I mean, that's what happened that day. And it, you, you can't... Uh, again, no, this is... This is uh, you know, my guess is the press will give her uh, all kinds of different treatment than they would uh, the, the, this double standard. But that is just that is sad. That is wrong. Um, and frankly, uh, I think a lot of Americans are, are are pretty tired of some of the comments they're hearing from from certain folks on the other side. Uh, Three thousand Americans lost their lives that day because terrorists did terrorist things. Did 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 a terrorist act. That's that is the fact. And you can say it every one, but it's, the facts are the facts. Congressman, uh, let's pivot to the border now. Uh, according to the latest numbers, and I think it's been confirmed now, over 95,000 apprehensions in the month of March, yeah. pacing for Great. over 100,000 in the month of April. Uh, the president made a change at the head of DHS this week as yeah. well. Um, I don't know if that's going to produce any results. I feel like it's shuffling the deck chairs because there's nothing any Department of Homeland Security secretary can do to stop this mass uh, crush on our border of migrants claiming asylum unless you and your colleagues do something right. uh, with respect to changing the asylum laws. What are your thoughts? Two things, two things have to happen. Uh, we know this. You have to first change the asylum laws, and, and coupled with that, you have to build the border security wall. And when you change the asylum laws, one of the key things you have to do is you have to put more judges, uh, magistrates, or whatever we're going to call them, you have to put them on the border so they can adjudicate and, and provide due process right away. What happens now is these people come, they claim asylum. Eighty percent of the people who claim asylum aren't entitled to asylum, but they're caught, then released, and then sometime in the future they have a hearing. By the time you get around to the hearing, no one ever gets no one ever gets sent back for, for breaking the law. So you have to say we're gonna when they come, we're gonna we're gonna keep families together, but we're gonna adjudicate it and do the due process right now. We're gonna find out if you're legitimate. We're gonna let you come in. If you're not, unfortunately, you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to be sent back. And until we do that. They're just going, people are just going to keep coming because that's the incentive. And Democrats don't want to help us address the fundamental problem. So that is, that is the key. And it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, but it takes the, the political will or the willingness of Democrats to actually work with us and do the right thing to deal with this crisis that, that is now, uh, that we're now seeing unfold on the board. Congressman, I feel like no matter where we go, I feel like no matter where we go and what we say, we we get pushed back on, even now by the courts. Now a federal judge says that the conditional agreement that we have with Mexico that says, you know, uh, uh, if if people are coming here through your country and claiming asylum to come into the United States, that you will keep them on your side of the border until we have those asylum hearings, or at least for a year. And, And Mexico agrees. We agree. It's a fine agreement between two countries to try to do something here. And the court says, you can't do that. You have to let them loose in the United States. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know where to turn. I, 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 that, that to me is a frustrating thing too. And it's just this overall mindset: Dem- Democrats, the courts, the Democrat Party, lead, Democrat leaders in Congress. There, they have one focus: do anything and everything 
that's against the president. Do anything. Think about this, Bob. This is a slightly different subject, but think about last week alone. What happened last week in Congress? The chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, the Democrat chairman, says, I want the president tax returns, and he's doing that for purely political reasons. The chairman of the Judiciary Committee said, I don't care that Bill Barr has told us he's going to give us the Mueller report in a matter of days. I'm going to go. I'm going to have a vote for a subpoena to go get the Mueller report. And then the chairman of the of the Oversight Committee, Chairman Cummings, sent letters to the president's bank, to the president's accountant, and says, give me the last 10 years of the president's personal business finances, personal business records, for, based on the testimony of Michael Cohen, who we know lied. I mean, that, in one week's time, you had three chairmen of, the, of three big committees in Congress take those actions because all they care about, all they care about on the Democrat side is going after the president. When instead we got a crisis on our border, and if we could come together and actually do common sense things, we could address that crisis. That is what's so frustrating to me, and I know it's so frustrating to the American people. What do you make of um, one of the front runners for in, in the early going here, anyway, for the Democratic uh, uh, presidential race, Bernie Sanders, parting with his party in in a way and saying, "Look, we can't do this open borders thing. We, there are extraordinarily high levels of global poverty, and we can't take in all of the world's poor." Uh, it's something we've been saying for a long time. Is that a sign yeah. of? Is that a sign of? You know, is that a positive sign that you hear a Bernie Sanders kind of agreeing? Heck yeah, if any of them would say something positive on, on what needs to happen and, and say something that has some common sense on it relative to this immigration problem and this border crisis problem, heck yeah, it's a positive sign. But um, I will tell you what, look, they're all saying all kinds of crazy things on, on the left and, and these, these, all these folks running for president on the, on the Democrat side. I don't think it matters who wins. I think, I think President Trump's going to win re-election. You know, I was in Ohio with him a couple weeks ago. He was in, in Lima at the uh, Abrams tank plant. Um, and the response he got there, driving from the airport, Bob, to the tank plant, about three or four miles drive, driving across, there were people out on the, on the roads, on the streets, at the intersection. We went by a, We went by an elementary school, people waving, thumbs up. You know, people had made signs. This, if the election were today, I think the president would win. I think he'd win Ohio by, by a larger margin than he won in, in 2016. So I think he's going to win regardless of who they put up. But at least it is a small sign that maybe some common sense is seeping back into these uh, in, into the into their party um, when Bernie Sanders says that makes that statement. Last thing for you, Congressman, before you go, and it's back to the border again. Uh, do you have a do you have a thought on who should be running DHS? Um, you know, I'll leave that up to the to the White House. Um, uh, the uh, we, we there is a, a gentleman I think is uh, you know the the position of ICE is open as well, and there's there's a gentleman I I know there I think it would do a good job there. Um, but we'll see. You know, the president's got to be confident that who he puts in those positions is going to uh, going to push for the policies that need to happen and and be be strong in that position. So um, I think I think they'll select someone someone uh, someone good. We'll just have to wait and see. Congressman Jim Jordan, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. A lot of work you're doing out you there. Bet, Keep it up, sir. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, brother. You got it. There's Congressman Jim Jordan on AM 1420. The answer, it's 949. We'll get a quick time out here, see if we can squeeze a call or two in before the top of the hour, and we get back to the issue of radical Islamic terrorism in the United States and its support by certain members of its government. Yeah, I said that, and we'll explain that. Uh, Ryan Moore will talk to us about that at 10.05. Uh, but uh, dial up now, 216-901-0945, and get in before the top of the hour on the Bob France Authority. Triple election today. <laughs> 
now the Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420, The Answer. There's one other uh, piece of audio that I think is worth playing for, actually two pieces, but on the same issue, before we go to uh, Ryan Moore after the top of the hour news. Yesterday, another congressional hearing producing more interesting commentary and fireworks. This time, it was the congressional hearing on white nationalism. And the rise of white nationalists, aren't they? They're doing a great job, right? Aren't they? The uh, Democrats in uh, charge of the House of Representatives, they're really doing a great job of getting to the heart of the matter. What really concerns the American people right now, are they legislating uh, to help the American people in any way, shape, or form? No, they are doing everything they can to demonize the, uh, the demon. Uh, and the demon, of course, for them is, I know that's redundant, demonizing the demons, but that's how they see it, and they feel like it needs to be pointed out. Straight, white, Christian males are are on the rise, and they're doing terrible, terrible things. We have to have a hearing about this. So the uh, uh, Democrats hold another one, a congressional hearing. And Representative Ted Lieu, I won't even say anything about Ted Lieu, because you probably know all you, all you need to know about Ted Lieu. But Representative Ted Lieu went all Ted Lieu on Turning Point USA uh, Representative Candace Owens. Candace Owens is a black female who is an extraordinarily influential conservative leader among millennials and, yes, Generation Z. That makes her really, really dangerous to the Democrats. She was called to speak as a witness by the minority party. The Republicans called her up to speak about this rise of white nationalism and to talk about what it means and what the dangers are. Ted Lieu decided during his five minutes of questioning of the witness to play um, an audio recording of Candace Owens' remarks from back in February uh, at this hearing on hate crimes and the rise of white nationalism. Please give this a listen. Thank you, Mr. Chair. In congressional hearings, the minority party gets to select its own witnesses. And of all the people that Republicans could have selected, they picked Candace Owens. I don't know Miss Owens. I'm not going to characterize her. I'm going to let her own words do the talking. So I'm going to play for you the first 30 seconds of a statement she made about Adolf Hitler. I agree. I, I actually don't have any problems at all with the word nationalism. I think that it gets, uh, the definition gets poisoned um, by elitists that actually want globalism. Globalism is what I, what I don't want. So when you think about whenever we say nationalism, the first thing people think about, in, at least in America, is Hitler. You know, he was a national socialist. But if Hitler just wanted to make Germany great and have things run well, okay, fine. The problem is, is that he wanted, he had dreams outside of Germany. He wanted to globalize. He wanted everybody to be German, everybody to be speaking German. All right, so my uh, first question is to Ms. Hershenoff. Ms. Owens said, quote, if Hitler just wanted to make Germany great and have things run well, okay, fine. The problem is that he wanted, he had dreams outside of Germany. So when people try to legitimize Adolf Hitler, does that feed into white nationalist ideology? And I'm going to stop the ridiculous suggestion and condescension of Ted Lieu, Representative Ted Lieu, as he cherry-picked 30 seconds and declared that that means she is trying to uh, legitimize Adolf Hitler. I'm going to stop him there so that you can listen to her response. Thank you. Uh, Ms. uh, Ms. Owens, I'm sorry, we just started a recording. Um, Would you like time to respond to that? 
Yes, um, I think it's pretty apparent that uh, Mr. Liu believes that black people are stupid and will not f uh, pursue the full clip in its entirety. He purposely presented an extract, an extracted clip. Witness will suspend for a moment. It is not proper to refer disparagingly or with, to a member of the committee. Uh, the witness will not do that again. Witness may continue. Sure, even though I was called despicable. Um, witness may not refer to a member of the committee as stupid. I didn't refer to him as stupid. That's not what I said. That's not what I said at all. You this is who these reprehensible pods are. Jerry Nadler just accused Candace Owens of referring to a member of the committee as stupid. She did no such thing and pointed that out to him. She said that apparently Mr. Liu thinks that black people are stupid and that they won't go and research the entirety of that clip rather than the 30 seconds he played. Jerry Nadler's response to being corrected by Candace Owens, um, who never said any such thing, was to shrug. He shrugged. I can't show you that. This is radio, not video. But he shrugged as if to say, oh, oh well. He didn't apologize. He didn't take back his, his reprimand. He just shrugged and let her continue. This is who they are. You didn't listen to what I said. May I continue? Wait, please. As I said, he is assuming that black people will not go pursue the full two-hour clip. And he purposefully extracted, he cut off, and you didn't hear the question that was asked of me. He's trying to present as if I was launching a defense of Hitler in Germany, when in fact, the question that was asked of me was pertaining to whether or not I believed that Hitler was a, whether or not I believed in nationalism, and that nationalism was bad. And what I responded to was that I do not believe that we should be characterizing Hitler as a nationalist. He was a homicidal, psychopathic maniac that killed his own people. A nationalist would not kill their own people. That is exactly what I was referring to in the clip, and he purposely wanted to give you a cut-up similar to what they do to Donald Trump to create a different narrative. That was unbelievably dishonest, and he did not allow me to respond to it, which is worrisome and to tell you a lot about where people are today in terms of trying to drum up narratives. By the way, I would like to also add that I work for Prager University, which is run by an Orthodox Jew, and a single Democrat showed up to the embassy opening in Jerusalem. I sat on a plane for 18 hours to make sure that I was there. I'm deeply offended by the insinuation of, of revealing that clip without the question that was asked of me. My response to Candace Owens' response. Can you dig it? Hour number two coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.